Welcome to the House on Fire podcast. Our aim is to light a fire for Jesus in the homes of those who listen through encouragement and equipping. Let's partner together to advance the gospel in the next generation. I am your host, Lucas Jackson, and I am passionate about seeing more people on fire for Jesus. When you listen to the House on Fire podcast, you'll hear from people you can rub shoulders with every week at Bethel Church, because all of our guests are from our church family. These are people striving to love God, love others, and to serve the world. Thanks for joining us on this episode. We are excited to have Ben Coonley with us. Ben, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, thanks, Lucas. And uh, before we kind of dive into our topic for today, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah, so I'm married to Corinna. Um, We have a little eight-month-old Henry. Today, so, right? Or yesterday? Eight yesterday. Months? Well, no, two days ago. Two days ago. Okay. Yeah, All Tuesday, right. I think. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, that kind of dates the podcast, though, doesn't it? Well, you know, you <laughs> listen every week, then you don't got to worry about it. Yeah. You know, we don't. It's all good. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. Uh, how long have you been married? Uh, we've been married, it'll be six years this year in August. So, okay. five and a half years ish. Okay. So. And then, where did you meet your wife? Uh, we met here. We're both uh, youth group leaders. We started at, as ninth grade leaders, um, opposite genders, and then uh, kind of hit it off from there. So Yeah. And then your wife grew up at Bethel, right? Yeah, since she was about 13, I think. Okay. okay. So, yep. And are you both from North Dakota? I should know this. I'm pretty sure you both are. I grew up in Bismarck. Um, she's originally from Wisconsin, So, but okay. I was born in Wisconsin. We moved to Bismarck when I was three or four, so... Okay. Okay. Good deal, man. Good deal. Uh, and what do you guys do for work? I work as a software design engineer at John Deere yeah. um, here in Fargo. All and the then, farmers are going, yay, right now. They're pretty <laughs> excited for you, I think. So. And then uh, Corinna is uh, the admin to Pastor Andy. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. I try to recruit her all the time for Next Gen. I'm like, when are you going to come over and work with us? And Yeah, um, she doesn't appreciate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> She really doesn't. I need no, to stop. I'm, I'm kidding. Because I will if I, I just. I just want no, to know she's that. like she comes home every time and she's like, Lucas, talk to me about <laughs> joining Next Gen Ministries again. What I the just, heck? I just, she's a rock star. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. It's all. I mean, that, that, that's not news to you. You already know that. Oh well, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what worship service do you and your family normally attend, and which campus? So we're normally at the Bethel Fargo campus. Yeah. Um, and. So I'm normally on tech, I guess, most Sundays. Yeah. Uh, if we do attend service where, where I'm not on tech, I'm usually uh, second service. Yeah. Okay. Down in front on the left. Oh, yeah. You guys always sit in the same spot. Yeah, we try to. You're, um, you're one of those Christians. <laughs> <laughs> I like to move Thanks, around. Thanks, I, I just, okay. The only reason I say that is because, man, there's some Christians who are like, they walk in and they're like, that mug's sitting in my seat. Oh, and, I, and I'm like, that, I'm like, that ain't your seat. Like, go find some other seat. Anyway, just Christians and how we can be sometimes. And anyway, I'm I not feel saying like that most people like are that. people of habit, though. So yeah, like, I, I would agree. There, it is kind of cool because, I mean, if a family comes all the time, then you're like, you look over, like, oh, hey, we're so and so because like he's not sitting there. Yeah. So it is, it is kind of a good thing. Um. So anyway, and when you say tech, what do you normally do in tech wise? 
Normally I'm running camera, sometimes I'm video directing. So video directing is like switching the the keys and stuff, switching between the cameras and then yeah. camera op- operators, obviously moving the camera. So yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. And then uh, what uh, life group are you involved in? Which this is funny for me to ask you this because <laughs> we're in the same group. Yep. So I'm in your your life group. Is it the Lucas Jackson life group? Uh, I maybe in CCB it's titled Jackson Life Group, just for simplicity's sake. But I we we don't have a name. Grace and Truth, actually. Grace and Truth. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's how true. Tommy named the Facebook group, at least that we're or the messaging group that we're a part of. Yeah, we don't really have a name, I guess. So I'm part of the Grace and Truth uh, life group. So. See, now that just sounds super churchy. <laughs> Anyway, but at least we, it's not the Jesus Life Group or something like that. Yeah, that that that's a little too hardcore right there. Uh, I don't know if I'd fit into that group. It's the best name for a life group, though. Well, uh, you got a Bible verse to back that <laughs> one up in. <laughs> the answer is always Jesus, right? Well, mo- mm, yeah, a lot of the time. But if it's like you know, is this cup black or white? And you say Jesus, well, that that's not the that's not the right age. from a salvific perspective. Sure, I, I would agree with you. Okay. So anyway, but uh, let's say, oh yeah, we meet on Monday nights, yep. five thirty to eight. We meet weekly because we're like super Christian, and I'm totally kidding by that. Are you judging people that don't meet meet weekly? No, I just think that they miss out on relational connectability that they could be having. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just if I could be involved in a life group here at Bethel that met weekly or every other week or once a month, by God, I'm doing weekly. Cause I mean, I've already got to, I've already got to set, set aside that time anyway. So like, well, if I'm setting aside that time every other week or every other Monday night, I mean, that means I'm available the other Monday nights. Like, I guess, unless I did something else, which I don't know what I would do. Um, no, I'm not judging others. I just, they're missing out a little bit. You got a Bible verse to back that up? Uh, well, it'd be devoted to one another, Acts 2.42. So can you say that you're being devoted to one another? If you meet bi-weekly. If you meet bi-weekly. <laughs> See, now it sounds... <laughs> anyway, we're going to the next question here. Uh, and I guess for those listening, Ben gets me a little fired up. He he uh, jabs at me a little bit, and he can do that because we're in uh, the same life group. So um, anyway, so tell if us... If you're anyone else, you don't have that privilege? Well, I just, you know, you can try, but, you know, you have special privileges because we're you know, pursuing Jesus together. What's the term? Is it mug or homie when, when you're friends with someone? Well, and both. Yes. The answer is yes. Okay. And it could be a variety of other things. So in that context, because I'm your mug, would that work? Or would I have to say, because I'm your homie, that's why I'm able to joke around with you? Yes. Okay. I'll say yes. <laughs> Uh, tell us a little bit about your story and kind of when you came to faith in Christ. Sure. So <clears throat> both of my parents were not Christians when they met and became Christians through that. And so I was born into kind of a a Christian household, but not a like a new Christian household, I guess okay. you could say. Yeah. Um, I accepted Christ when I was pretty young. I don't know, six or seven or something like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But I, I think throughout my growing up and stuff, I kind of embraced my faith more. So it was probably when I was about in high school that I really started to own my faith. Yeah. I think, I don't know, like, I think we always think about like your, you come to Christ at a specific time because you pray this specific prayer at this specific time. And then from there on out, you're a Christian. And to me, some of that story is like, well, I'm progressing 
to a point where I embrace my faith more and I'm actually owning it. And that to me is, is truly accepting Christ in a way. So I think if you just say the prayer and say, I'm good and, you know, put your hands up and you're done. Um, that's not really a, a lasting faith in my opinion, but. No, I agree. I, um, I guess maybe the way I, I think of it often is, uh, you know, what does God require of us? Faith and trust and for us to obey what he has for us. So there should be fruit in our lives. If there's no fruit in your life, then that prayer that you prayed probably wasn't a legitimate desire of you putting your faith and trust in Jesus because there's no fruit. Right. And so like for you, what I hear you saying is you put your faith and trust in Christ when you were five or six, but the um, spiritual disciplines became like more prevalent or lived out in your life as a high school student? Is that kind of yep. what you're... Yeah, that would be, yeah. Because I, I guess I just embraced my faith more. I studied the word more and I was I was more grabbing onto that promise of the actual question. Yeah. And then, you know, feeling that out through throughout the rest of my life and through college, so. Yeah, awesome, man, awesome. Well, the the topic we have for today is going to be a spicy one, uh, which I'm excited about, and we've we've kicked we've talked about this a little bit, and, and I think it'll be great. Um, so, um, basically, we're going to be talking about um, how should Christians approach uh, politics biblically, and the word politics is a pretty loaded question, uh, and so we'll just kind of dive in here, and we'll see how the conversation goes. So, so how should Christians approach politics biblically? So I kind of, I've been thinking about this for a while, and I kind of want to start off with, well, taking one of your Lucasisms, <laughs> quick. Yeah. Uh, I care much more, to the, for those listening, like I care much more about how you, or who you are in Christ rather than what political party you are. Yeah. And I think that that's way, way, way more important. Yeah. So this is like a secondary issue that, yeah. I think needs to be talked about and it's very important, but it's not, it's not a salvation important issue Amen. for sure. I agree. Um, and so I guess the other, the other point I wanted to make too is like, don't avoid politics. I don't think it's a lot of Christians. I feel like really because it's so charged and because it's so polarizing, they want to avoid talking about politics at all costs. Yeah. And I think that that's a bad bad decision. I I don't know why we, I don't know, and our society is kind of moving in that direction too, where they don't want to talk about politics and like, you say the wrong thing. I'm part of this, you know, I'm, I voted for such and such and suddenly yeah. you're on the naughty list for people. Yeah. And that, that seems wrong to me too. Like, I think that we should have open dialogue about that and talk about how, you know, politics, because I think it's an important part of our lives. So. Yeah, Absolutely. And and I think you're very much correct. I think we give identity or definition to certain people based off who they voted for or what political party and all that kind of stuff. And so I can't encourage enough, like, you should probably ask a few questions. Because even how, I mean, I remember, um, you know, the Trump election that was taking place. Mm -hmm. And oh, I'm voting for Trump because he's a Christian. I'm like, well, I mean, I've been wrong a lot in life, but um, I, how do you... How do you know that? Is there fruit or evidence of that person's life? And so that he he, he may be a Christian. I, I don't know. I, I don't know him enough, I guess, to, to really know. But um, but I guess my point is like, it, it, 
many people just vote for somebody specifically because, well, they have biblical values, which I think is important, but not every person that you vote for, that they don't always have all biblical values. There's things I, I feel like that some people do great and others, and the same person, there's some things I think they need to not do. And so, so I guess you're, what you're saying is that it's important for us to not ignore the conversation. Right. Yeah. So like, so let, let's say, uh, before we kind of get into defining politics, but let's say like you're in a scenario and a political discussion comes up of some, a topic comes up. Most people I would assume would, you know, like, well, you're either one of two camps. You're probably like going to like lean in and, you know, go crazy or whatever, you know, you're, you're all fired up and super excited, or you may not say anything about it. So what would it look like for us to lean in and to not, uh, and, and to be willing to have the conversation when it does come up? Yeah, I think being honest about how you feel about things and also just being able to set aside your, I don't know, politics is kind of a strange thing because it's kind of like arguing about math in a way because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a concrete subject, right? That you can, there's different theories and arguments and all that kind of stuff. But like at the end of the day, like that shouldn't reflect on how you treat the person. So you can, you could argue about, about politics, you know, I'm, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or whatever. But, um, at the end of the day, like your disagreement on that should not come between you as brothers or sisters in Christ. Yeah. And let me say this out loud then I'll think if I agree with it, if it does, there's probably some immaturity there, right? I mean, you know, we are supposed to care and love for everybody. Uh, I mean, I think the scripture is clear. There are, there are times where we shouldn't be around certain people because of it causes us to sin or things like that. And, but if you're, if you're just not willing to, if you're just willing to disown somebody or ghost somebody specifically or cancel them just because of their, their political view, that, that doesn't seem right. Right. And I think the counter argument to that would be, you know, maybe there's something that they believe politically, like, okay, someone's a racist, right? That's probably not fruit of the spirit. So it's definitely yeah. not fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. So if someone's a racist, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna say, okay, well, I'm gonna fellowship with them just as if they weren't. You know, maybe that's a, a yeah. point where like, okay, I don't know if I want to fellowship with you. I'm gonna kind of hand you over to Christ to deal with you in yeah. that area. Yeah, there's there's some wisdom <laughs> and discernment that is gonna be needed there. Um, for sure. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So let's let's define politics. So I brought because uh, I'm an engineer, and so I I looked up the definition. <laughs> oh, is that like a, I don't understand? Is it like an engineer thing? You just no, you like just, engineers are you just, just believe what other things tell you. Is that, <laughs> sorry. No, that's not what I'm saying. Because come on, well, that's what I'm asking. Tell me, what do you mean? I don't know. No, no, about no I'm just looking for the most accurate definition. Uh, so okay. I looked up the definition, and then I thought I'd add to it. But okay. um, yeah, Cambridge def- defines. It has the activities of government, members of lawmaking organizations, or people who try to influence the way a country is governed. So, <clears throat> yes, politics could refer to like church politics or something like that. Like we, for instance, we got elder board meeting coming up here. Yeah. So we're going to be voting for elders and stuff. So that's technically political, but that's not really what we're talking about on this podcast right now. We're talking yeah. about, you know, governmental politics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, like that's good. Um, what is a biblical example of politics in the word of God? Cause in, you know, so, like when I even say like, how do we approach this biblically? 
Well, we can have certain personal preferences, uh, but a personal preference is something that I, that I should not require of every believer. You know, like when, you know, you like you, you want to have a relationship with God, like you got to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Um, you may not like that, but that's the fact for everybody. You can't change that definition. You, you can't change that. that. Like that is the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you can't change that to mean to say anything else. And so that, that's what I mean by biblical perspective versus like a personal preference. And so, yeah, just, so I just like, what's a biblical example of politics that you've seen in scripture? Yeah, I think the, the Bible's a little sparse on it, but I think we can infer some things by some general themes. Yeah. So like, if you look at like the judges period or the Kings period during in judges and Kings, yeah. <laughs> um, I think a lot of that holds true to politics. So one of the reasons why I think you should be involved in politics is because God was pretty hard on the nation of Israel when they strayed away from his perfect plan. Right. And a lot of, some of that is obviously um, moral, but a lot of it was political as well. You know, you got like the Kings of Judah associating with the Kings of Israel when the Kings of Israel are not doing what's right. And they're, they're far away from God. And so God, judges the kings that you know follow israel along with you know their pagan things and so i think we have to we're in a unique situation in america because we can vote and be part of the political process and throughout much of the bible you know they were in areas where they you know they had a monarchy or the roman empire or something like that where they didn't have a a say i guess in what what was going on in their political world yeah. But <clears throat> I think we can infer that, like, the the people's morals affected the politics of the time, and the people were straying from God, and so God judged them, and the kings were straying from God, and so God judged them. Mm-hmm. And so that that I think we can take forward to say we should pick good leaders in our country to be able to um, avoid God's judgment in a way. And, yeah. and maybe that's the wrong way to say it, avoid God's judgment, but I don't know. What do well, you think about that? Yeah, I mean, well, I think of, you know, if if we've got a leader who's in a position and let's say there's 10 things on the docket that they do over their course of their time, but but two of them are destructive to the people, well, we we reap or sow the benefits or the lack thereof of those decisions that leader did. And so the good things that those leaders do, we get to reap those benefits. Now, I guess it define I guess you got to figure out what, you know, how would you define good, I guess? Um, but if the, that particular, particular leader does things that is hurtful or harmful to people, well, then the, the people reap, uh, are affected by that. And so, and, and I mean, I think of the example of just sin, how I think oftentimes we think sin, just uh, my sin affects me, but yeah, that that's true. But, uh, you, your sin affects other people as well. And so, and we see that throughout the, the old Testament, you know, many, many times where, um, leaders and 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 God's people sinned, and it it had huge effects on other people. And so, is, kind of, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you see it through the kings period too. Like those kings jump weren't just deciding on their own. Oh, I'm going to go, you know, sacrifice my children in the fire or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I'm pretty sure the people were doing the same thing, and then you followed suit. Yeah, yeah. You're probably not standing by passive, and yeah, you're you're probably a part of this, right? Yeah. Well, and even just in the definition you mentioned, uh, um, 
it refers to a way that that countries are governed, um, rules and laws that are managed by you know society. And for believers, like we've got God's words, and and when we live that out, we a hundred percent of the time are thriving in our walk with the Lord. That doesn't mean that there's not uh, difficulties, but we're thriving. Like we've got comfort and and peace from the shepherd. But when we're sinning and we're doing things against what God's word desires, that causes havoc and destruction, frustration, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, those happen a hundred percent of the time. And so, um, I've never necessarily thought about it from a political perspective. So it's got me intrigued here, Ben. I'm, uh, because even as I, when I sent you the question, I was like, man, is there really any political examples in Scripture? But, I mean, uh, in many ways, the nation of Israel does have implications of that. Well, I mean, it was a political organization inherently. You know, it's... it's I mean, it was God's people, though. Correct. Which maybe be a better definition maybe than a political organization. But, but it was a group, a nation. You know, it was the nation of Israel, which sure. is a political organization. Yeah. You know, they had rulers... Um, Moses set up judges over the, over the people and there, there was a distributed hierarchy of, of, you know, political power. Yeah. Now that makes sense. I just have never, I've never thought of it that way. So it's got me, now I got more questions I didn't write down that we probably (laughs) get to, but, um, what is the political leaning of Christians and is it really biblical? And, And maybe I should say when I say Christians, I mean, evangelical Christians who believe in the word of God. That get that that the the holy scriptures that we have is his word and uh believe that salvation comes from from Christ himself um by us putting our faith and trust in Christ and so because not all I don't know if not that's a pretty broad term in and of itself so but uh so what is a political leaning of most Christians and is it really biblical so I would say that the majority of Christians inside the evangelical church are probably conservative. I mean, that would be my guess. If you were to take a poll, you know, I'm, I'm sure you could find that yeah. uh, pew poll or something like that, that shows that. But, um, but I would say, I don't know, there, there's decent arguments on either side about why you should lean one way or the other. And there, it honestly comes down to issues too, right? Cause yeah. conservatives would be, you know, fiscally conservative, um, generally more traditional liberals would be more uh, willing for to spend money on entitlement programs. Um, you know, conservatives are more willing to spend money on military budgets and stuff like that. And it's, it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to pull from the Bible like, Oh yeah, we should spend, you know, $10 trillion on this. What For sure. Yeah. I mean, you can't really pull that from scripture and say, Oh yeah, well, scripture says we should do 9 million, not or 9 trillion, not 10 trillion or something. For sure. Yeah. It, it gives us, values to live by but it's not yeah it's not giving us those specific things right so i mean i think there are certain issues that you could argue one way or the other um like how much should we tax people and things like that like jesus says you know or give to caesar's what is caesar's and give to yeah. god what is god's you know don't avoid taxes yeah like don't cheat that's that's pretty clear so yeah. you know obviously governments are supposed to collect taxes but how and why they do that is a is a big open question and so yeah. when it comes to those types of issues you kind of have to think about you know what are what a what do the statistics say what it, and what's the the best course of action that way yeah. um but when it comes to some moral issues um i think you can draw clearer lines i mean abortion seems to be the major issue that 
you can draw lines, you know, you knit me in my mother's womb, um, that kind of justification about why, you know, the unborn are worthy of having life. Yeah. So. Yeah. It makes me, uh, we lived in Austin for about eight years. I remember, um, I think we just had Paisley at the time. So I'm pushing Paisley down. Um, my wife and I and Paisley are walking around pushing Paisley in a stroller and uh, a lady comes up to us and she hands us a a flyer that um, is to, hey, please help support abortion. <laughs> and I'm, I look at the flyer and I look at Paisley and I think to myself, uh, well, I thought of a lot of horrible things actually about <laughs> this particular person, which I should not have thought. But just, it, it was this image I'm like, the no, like I'm not okay with this. Now, I say that I'm I'm not okay with the killing of people because I I believe that God gives high value for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I do not believe that that if uh I mean there's many people who deny God's truth. Um claim to not to be without sin. Romans one talks about that. And so, um, I'm not going to get bent out of shape when non-believers aren't living out scripture. Only redeemed people can live their redeemed life. Yeah. So I don't think it's appropriate for me to put a, a, a biblical expectations upon a non-believer. So I have to remind myself, um, before you go crazy and you want to, you know, like maybe you should ask a few questions, you know, yeah, and not make a ton of assumptions. And so, but I think it's important, like, um, you know, being in Texas, uh, and you know, being a believer and and as a pastor, like in the context of churches, the word conservative is thrown out there almost like an idol. In in my what in my observation, um, has that been your experience? What what do you think about that? Yeah, I think. I think definitely conservative is a <clears throat> is a, probably the I don't know like people have always lumped those two things together right conservative Christian or something yeah. along those lines yeah, or it's like evangelical conservative Christian yeah and there is a, a definition of evangelical that involves politics specifically from the outside that people have looked in and said oh well yeah. evangelical means that you're a conservative or something like that but I don't. Just because you you are a Christian and you are an evangelical is supposed to mean you know we're we're proselytizing for Christ we're yeah. we're telling people about Christ and evangelizing people and yeah. we're trying to get as many people to come to Christ as possible but that evangelical portion has been used to justify um, I guess to justify a a conservative outlook or to use as a descriptor of a conservative outlook and I don't think that's necessarily accurate. Or should be the way that the definition goes, but that's the way it's been prescribed to Christians. Yeah, and because there are some, you know, general guidelines that a major many Christians are conservative. You know, there's generic guidelines and that kind of thing. And I guess my encouragement for people would be that um, you you should value your walk with the Lord and the Scriptures more important than your political process. Like yeah. if you, your political leaning should not drive the way you live your life or should not drive the way you honor God, the, the word of God should drive that, which I think we should have, uh, the word of God should drive the biblical values 
that that we have if we like it or not and i don't know i don't know if a lot of people like that like there's some specific things that i'm like okay god you say this and i'm just i, I don't like it but i got to be okay with it you you i mean honestly god you don't really care about what my opinion is and to be honest I think I know what I need and what's best for me. And oftentimes uh, that's pretty much never the case. <laughs> like I'm pretty much wrong on that almost hundred percent of the time. So you know what you're doing. You, you are truth. Therefore I need to submit to what you have to say. I think that should drive our lives. And I, I don't think that should dictate that we don't have these conversations or whatever, but, but I'm curious, um, what does it mean to be conservative? Like I, it's funny. Like I, I'm not, I don't know a lot about politics and I've not done a good job of learning and all that kind of stuff. So often I ask my, I'm somewhat joking, but I'm kind of not where I've asked my wife many times. I'm like, Hey, sweetie, am I a Republican <laughs> or am I a Democrat? Cause I, I just, it's just not in my thought process. And she always reminds me what I am, but I forget what I am. <laughs> and I go, but, but, but what does that mean? So what is, what's a conservative? Well, traditionally a conservative would be you know, they want to conserve things. They want to conserve the way that things are currently. So naturally, I think some people have taken that as naturally as things progress, you know, things get more liberalized then more and more people become conservative. But in our political system, conservative is more associated with, you know, right-leaning, um, fiscal conservative, high, usually pro-military. Um, Sorry, when you say right-leaning, what does that mean? So, okay, so that, that goes back to the the French um, when they had their revolution and stuff and they had split up their parliament, they have the right and the left leaning. So okay. right leaning means um, more more conservative, I guess, and yeah. left leaning means more liberal. Okay. Um, and that's just where they sat inside the parliament. So, get, so, okay, okay. So that's why they use the terms right and left. Okay. But... Um, <clears throat> but left leaning would be more liberal, and meaning meaning more um, for progress, uh, more progressive generally, um, higher social spending. They, I, I heard one um, Christian liberal once say that he's a liberal because he cares about people, and so he wants to uh, utilize the government in order to care for people and to hmm. spend money in order to care for people and stuff. So I think that's some of the more pro arguments that you can make for liberalism. Okay. And I, I mean, I guess from a, and I would assume every person you ask, Hey, what, it, what do you mean by conservative? What do you mean by liberal? They, there'd probably be different flavors. There'd probably be some things that are similar, but there, there'd probably be different things that they would emphasize. I would, I would assume. Yeah. And I would assume that like, if you're if you're a conservative, you're probably going to shade those definitions of liberals with a negative light. And if you're a liberal, yeah. then you're going to shade the conservative with a negative light. Yeah. It definitely becomes really biased. And so it's hard to find like a, a concrete definition of those things. But yeah. I think it, it comes down honestly to a lot of issues. Like, are you pro or anti-abortion? Are you pro or anti-high spending? Are you pro or anti you know, foreign wars, are you pro and anti and, and different people inside those, inside the two parties line up differently, but there's a lot of issues that remain the same and consistent over most political candidates. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's good. That helps. Um, let's, let's define biblical versus conservative thoughts. And the reason that my heart behind this question is I, man, I've met a lot of people who have conservative thoughts and they're passionate about it, 
but they communicate it as if it's the word of God. Now, they don't say it that way, but they're like, well, we need to, people should be doing this and should be doing this. And, 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 and I'm like, well, I think you're confusing your personal preference under the umbrella of either conservatism or liberalism, I guess, depends on which, which, where you're leaning, as if it's as equal or even more equal than God's word. Like you're living by this thing. Like you're going to die on this hill for this particular thing. Now, I'm not, I, I think, um, and I think some of those things may be important, but not more important than God's word. And so let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess my first thought comes to, um, specific issues that you could, you could use scripture to justify and stuff, but that's, is that what you're kind of getting at? Um, yeah, I guess I think oftentimes I'll talk to a person and they'll, you know, we'll be talking about some political stuff and they'll, and, and, but then they're saying conservative things like, but I'm like, but you're conveying those in such a way as if that's that's God's word. Yep. You know, like an example would be, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not against guns by any means. I mean, I, I've got a few, and I think they're great for hunting and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I'm just not gonna. It's not the highest value in my life, so I'm not gonna go about just being like, you need to buy a gun. You need to buy a gun. Now, I'm again, I'm not saying that you know that it's. I don't think it's wrong to have one. Other people have personal, pre- and because this, this is really a personal preference thing, but there are people that I know that you know they'll uh, they'll communicate it as if like this is like black and white, the most important truth in the world. And oftentimes, when I'm talking to somebody, I think that person's communicating this as if it's in the Word of God, right? Yeah, and it's not. And so I just I think it's a tricky place to be in. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we should treat scripture higher than than our political leanings and stuff like that. But I think you can also, because of the way scripture works, you know, scripture is not telling us directly like you should vote for this party or or vote for this policy, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, it you you still need to take scripture to inform your political view, if that makes sense. Yes, I agree. So. You know, for instance, on the issue of guns or whatever, um, you know, Jesus says that if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. So, you know, that if he's questioning your salvation in that instance and you're not protecting your family, like maybe you should think about protecting your family. And maybe some people, you know, choose, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoot someone or whatever if they invade my house. And that's fine. If you find like a, uh, way that um, you can justify that with scripture. I think that that's important. But if you're if you can't find a way to justify your your beliefs, if you can't find a way to back it up a little bit um, on what your root belief is, and then add all the other stuff on top of that, so your bedrock should be you know the biblical beliefs. You know we value uh, human life. That's a biblical value. You know we yeah. we respect. God, we respect authority. That's a biblical value. And from that, you can build upon the structure of, okay, I'm going to take all these external facts, like how the U.S. government works and things like that, and then build out that other, that other stuff. So, yeah. for instance, you could say, you know, we shouldn't be increasing the national debt because um, 
I think that spending a bunch of money is a result of greed. And so we should be trying to curb that greed in our society rather than spending more money. So that that would be a way to justify it from a biblical perspective. And then you come in with all your, okay, well, this is what happens when we spend X amount of dollars on this program or whatever. And fortunately, we don't have to do a lot of that heavy lifting. We have to pick candidates that do that heavy lifting. So trying to trust into or trust as much as you can the candidate that you're voting for to do the things that you think are biblical and beneficial for our society. Yeah. What do you do if both parties, like, you know, your two voting options are just, both are terrible options? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Um, Because I've heard it said, which I didn't know, I did never heard this until a few years ago where someone said, by not voting is an actual vote. And I was like, that's, that's it. I'm intrigued here. Like I've got questions explain. And they were like, well, cause I've heard this phrase that you, you, no matter what, you've got to choose between choose a lesser of the two evils. And I'm like, okay, like, well, how do I, I, I get the concept that sounds very, that sounds very tweetable, but I don't know how biblical that is, but maybe, maybe there's not biblical justification for that. I don't know. Cause you may never have two good, may never have a, you know, crazy God honoring what person that you know is going to fight for biblical value. I don't know. So what do you, what do you, what, what do you do? And I understand this is personal preference. You're not speaking yep. for all people. Yeah. So, so my opinion is that I think that you should vote no matter what, because that's part of the process. So, um, and f- for every person that you pick, like they're, they're sinful. Every person, I don't care if you're, you know, the greatest pastor ever, you know, if you're Martin Luther King Jr. or something, he's sinned too. Like everyone has their, their downfalls. And so I don't think that we should be picking our candidates based off of that, but rather, you know, how righteous they are, because there's plenty of righteous candidates that are doing things that are really negative and, Mm -hmm. and horrible for our country. So, um, I think that the correct method is to think about what they're what they're saying they're going to vote for, and then when they don't fulfill those promises, going back and saying, "Well, you're out then." Um, and then, you know, sometimes that results in picking the lesser of two evils because everyone's sinful, and maybe this person's, you know, more picking worse things than the other person, and so maybe we can gain some victories on some of these issues that are important to us, but we're not going to gain them on all of them. And that's the problem with politics too. Like I've, I have a friend who's really super, you know, if, if this person has ever voted for uh, anything, but a total abortion ban that I'm not voting for them. Mm. And it's, to me, it's like, well, it's a political process. And if we were to, you know, curb abortion a little bit, wouldn't that be better than nothing at all? You know, if we were to Mm. put an eight week mark, you know, let's save some lives and yeah. and maybe that would be more beneficial for society to save some lives. And so that's kind of the questions that you're asking with politics, because you're never going to be able to vote directly on issues and you're never going to be able to pick a candidate that a hundred percent aligns, like is going to fit yeah. perfectly. And the, the system doesn't attract those types of people to those positions of power either. Yeah. So, I mean, would you rather be living in some place that's, slightly more free than another place that's how i kind of view it like are we are we wanting to create a better country that's allows us to spread the word of god throughout our people or are we trying to restrict things to make sure that we 
we're restricting our freedoms that allow us to communicate that those biblical truths out to people. Yeah, man, those are good questions. Those are those are good things to wrestle through. And I, and I often think the things that God God's word states we need to be tight fisted with. Yep. Like we need to, in my opinion, again, if you like it or not, this is God's truth, and your opinion of it's not going to change the fact that it's still truth. But I think there are a lot of things that Christians get caught up on and and they try to be as tight-fisted with those convictions as if it is God's truth, but it's not. So I believe that we need to be open-handed, so to speak, with personal preferences and super tight-fisted with God's word. Yep. Um, well, I would also argue from that that there are corners, like we were talking about racism earlier, there are corners of of places of the political spectrum that you could fall on that it's like, well, that's not fruit. In fact, that's like negatives. So the fact that you think this about this political opinion means that I'm starting to question whether I should fellowship with you or not. Yeah. And man, I, that is a, has a hard thing to have to figure out. That is not a very black and white process. Yeah. When my wife and I lived in East Texas, we struggled so bad with how, Racism was so rampant and socially acceptable, not only in the community, but also within the church. And it just, it, there were some people that we were like, I'm like, I can't, I cannot be, I can't be around this. I'm not going to hang out with this person. I'm going to be civil. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to try to honor the Lord in my interactions with this person. I'm not going to go out of my way to ignore if we're going to bump shoulders or whatever, you know, at church and stuff, you know, whatever. But I am not hanging out with this guy. I, I just, I can't because I'm like the things that I am thinking in my mind due to how racist this person is, this is not good for my soul. <laughs> I'm like the things that I want to do to this person that I'm thinking in my mind are not honoring to God. Um, and so there have been, and, and I think the few think times that's happened in my life, it, it's more of an internal debacle, I think in my mind. Um, the few times that has happened, I've, uh, you know, my wife and I have processed through that, um, but it, it it just angers me. <laughs> and that's just one particular topic that I could that we could hit on that I think is um, super sad. Yeah, and I think there's other there's plenty of issues like that. Um, I mean, like when it comes to the transgenderism debate and stuff like that. Like, do you think that the that the government should allow, you know, kids to have their genitals chopped off. Like, I think that that's a, that's starting to air into the side of like, I don't think that you're following Christ if you believe that. And like, yes, let's, let's yeah. love transgender communities and stuff. And let's, let's embrace people in the church and, and get them saved and stuff. Yeah. And, and then deal with those issues outside of that, that space. But when you, put out these radical, um, and radical is a charged word, but when you put out these opinions that are, seem very negative and very contrary to God's word, then it's like, I don't, I don't know if that, if I want to be in the same church as you anymore. Yeah. It makes me, I've got questions. I've got lots of questions and I guess it depends on too, how, how well I know that person, you know, if we're just casual acquaintances or we just tend to run each other, you know, once in a while or whatever, or really good friends. Like I think that conversation will be different. Yeah. Um, so it depends on how, you know, 
how well we know each other, I think will dictate how deep or shallow we get in the conversation. And, um, but I, I agree with you, Ben there, there, that should give, you know, uh, I was reading the scripture this morning, uh, Colossians four, and, and it talks about, um, this aspect to be watchful. Paul mentions this quite a few times. Be watchful. What are, what are we supposed to be watchful for? For those who are trying to communicate uh, things that they are saying is God's truth or trying to communicate the gospel, that's not the gospel. Hey, you know, if, you, if you're if you a, a genuine follower of Jesus, you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus, but you also need to do blank, and which that's not what the Bible says. And so I, there is a component that it would be wise for us when we're having conversations with people to be watchful of particular things that they say or they believe in that are contrary to God's word, which then should cause us to ask some questions. I don't think we should quickly jump to assumptions just because I hear a word. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm curious. What do you mean by that? Like, mm. you know, even, even the component, just, just, you know, just the word racism. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? Like right. I ask that question almost on everything. One, because I don't always necessarily know myself, but also I'm curious, like, well, I don't want to assume that you're saying what I think you're saying, but when you're saying something else. And so, but that is, I think could be a good indicator. Um, and we don't talk a whole lot about in church world where Paul explains in multiple passages where you should no longer have fellowship with that person. Yeah. Now, is that contrary to the fact that we're supposed to love everybody? No. Um, I think it takes wisdom and discernment. And I don't think that happens a ton. I don't think there's, but there's been a few occasions in my life where I'm like, due to what this particular person is doing, um, we're, we're just, we're just not, I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm going to pray for you. You know, I'm, I'm here to help you know, um, in any way I can, but we're not, we're not going to, um, be in this, uh, community of believers pursuing the same thing because we're not pursuing the same thing. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that a hundred percent. And I, I think that those corrections come on the, on the, the back of having a relationship with that person. Right. Yeah. So if someone was to just walk into our church one day and they're just, you know, they got a swastika on their on their sleeve or something like that. I might ask them some questions, but it's not like I'm going to be like, or, or a gay couple comes in or something. I'm not going to, I'm, we want to love on those people first and figure out where they're at. And then, you know, Christ reforms their behavior. That's not us reforming their behavior. Yeah. So, so we need to rely on relationships, building those relationships first and then, you know, tackling those other issues. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do we what do we do when someone has a different political view than us? And I guess for the sake of the conversation on this question, let's let's put it where there's two people having a conversation. You know, let's just say face to face because most things should be done face to face for very, for every reason I can think <laughs> of that just better. Um, uh, let's so two people are having a conversation and they're having a political conversation. You know, it doesn't really matter. I guess what this particular subject matter is. But what do we do when someone has a different political view? Because in my experience, observing or even even the sinfulness in my own heart when I've had these conversations, it quickly goes to, yeah, that's wrong. Uh, yeah, that's a really stupid thing. Uh, you need to really, you know, but it usually comes out with phrases like that, that are just like, well, that isn't, you're not trying to have a conversation with me. You know, it kind of gets a little heated, I feel like, more often than not. So what do we do when somebody has a different 
political view than us and we're chatting about it. Are you specifically talking about Christians or non-Christians? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, let, let's say, just for the sake of the conversation, genuine followers of Jesus who are living for the Lord, doing all they can to honor God with their lives, um, have put their faith and trust in him, and they're having a conversation with somebody who disagrees with their political view, yeah. and let's just say that they're a non-Christian. Okay. Just I mean, to give some context. Obviously, show the love of Christ to them first and foremost. Yeah. You know, treat them with respect. Don't belittle them. Yeah. Avoid, you know, jabs and stuff. And I think be honest that when someone has a different political opinion than you, I don't think the majority of people, um, you know, think that opinion. Let's see where I'm going with this. Um, Get my thoughts together a little bit. Yeah, no, you're good. It's quite the, <laughs> it's a, these are loaded things to talk about. And and it's not necessarily one plus one equals two, which is what I love about God's word. It is, it is one plus one equals two. It, it's truth. And, but it, uh, these things are pretty loaded. So I guess usually what I'm trying to say is usually when people believe political opinions and stuff, that it's not something that they just pulled out of their butt, you know, it's for, yeah. <laughs> sorry, no, my no, French, but, no, I, I um, get you. but it's not something that they just came up with out of nowhere. It probably has some logic behind it. It's yeah. just a matter of, you know, figuring out why, why someone believes that and stuff. And maybe taking a devil's advocate approach, um, to what you think too, because there's a lot of preconceived notions that we all have when it comes to politics, yeah. you know, most Americans are like, oh, the more more free we are, the better, you know. Like, is that is that always true? You know, uh, I don't know, but yeah. um, but you know, play devil's advocate with it and think about why uh, why someone would believe what you're what you disagree with. But first and foremost, keep it civil, you know, and and lean into those conversations a little bit because I think I think. One thing that's a little frustrating is when we come, I mean, we're in a political year, right? It's 2024. There's going to be a presidential election and everyone's either going to talk a lot or they're going to clam up. And I don't think either of those options is necessarily the best, you know, talk and have conversations. Don't avoid the conversations because those are important to have in order to have a cohesive community for our church and also outside with other people, you know, try and have conversations with people about, yeah. Oh, why do you, why do you believe that we should vote for Joe Biden? Or why do you believe that we should vote for Trump? You know, yeah. what, what thoughts are going through your head when you, when you pick those things, but I'm presuming those are the nominees for the presidential election. Yeah, for sure. In what ways has this topic been used for evil? Yeah. I think a lot of people have been excluded from the church or even, you know, it's, it's kind of disappointing when people go out in front of, um, let me, let me clarify this cause I'm trying to be sensitive on how I say it. When people are going outside of abortion clinics or something and they're, you know, you're killing babies and they got a sign out there that says that it's, it's kind of like, do you think that that's the correct approach to really love people? And, and I get, I get protesting and stuff because that's a political way of, of making your voices heard. And I, I agree with that. Like we should, we should protest, but do you think that, you know, calling people baby killers is probably the best way to get to people and to change their minds? I don't, I don't know that that's true. Yeah. And, you know, if you really are, if you really believe passionately about a subject, 
whether it's abortion or taxes or whatever, or foreign wars or whatever it might be, um, you know, we should, we should be expressing that in a kind way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think too, like if you have a passion for this or you enjoy having, you know, political conversations, you should, I mean, you should probably do a little bit of research. You, you yep. should you should have an idea. I, I think. I mean, I can't. There's so many things that I've heard and I'll, in in my throughout my life, and I'll just share as if I, you know. And then I'll, you know, and I'm like, okay, that I I need to. I don't. I know what I just said, but I don't really know if that's true. Like I just heard that, so I should probably, I should probably really know my stuff a little bit, or at least at least attempt. Especially if you're saying this is your passion. Yeah, you should. Um, be spending some time on, on thinking through some, some of these things. Um, and I think also going along with that, like as you're, as you're consuming news and stuff, play devil's advocate with it. Like a lot of news is descriptive of, oh, this is a really negative thing that happened. And it's like, well, is it what, what, what makes them think that, you know, why, why was this law or bill or whatever negative and, and what, What's their thinking process behind that? Even if you agree generally with, uh, say, a commentator's perspective on that, playing devil's advocate is always a good good practice to get into, you know, with your own beliefs. Why do I believe that? Like, why do I think that yeah. we ought to do it this way? I mean, really, truly, is that just because I'm following the the party line or whatever, or is it because I I actually think that that's a a thing that I need to embrace? Yeah. And, you know, when it comes down to it, as believers, I don't know if the political conversation is going to help me to lead them to the Lord. Yep. I mean, yeah, we can have those, that's fine, but at the at the end of the day, like, if you're far from God and you're wicked and evil and in the eyes of God, you you are, uh, His wrath will be poured out upon you, I need to view people from that perspective, like that, man, you need... You need a savior, and 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 I've got the answer for you. I, I mean, let me show you in the Word of God that put your faith and trust in Jesus and, and obey Him, follow Him. Um, that that should drive most of our conversations more than any political topic. I feel like. Yeah, and I I think like I said earlier, you know, the the building of that relationship first and foremost is probably the most important thing. Like you, yeah, I'm sure. Five people have been converted by street signs on on anything, you know, towards any cause or or Jesus or anything like that. Like, yeah. how many people have actually seen a street sign and just snapped their fingers and all of a sudden, you know, they're a, they're a believer or whatever? I I don't think it's many, and so I think that most people, when they come to Christ or when they change their opinion on something, is because they had a relationship with someone that led them towards that idea or thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't feel comfortable with you or they feel threatened by you, I mean, that's not going to help. That That's only going to make this worse. Yeah. And so, um, do believers have a biblical mandate to be involved in politics and in what capacity? And my thought behind this is, uh, growing, I mean, I think a lot of times growing up in the di- the family dynamics that I grew up in, I often thought I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can have I don't think there's anything that I Lucas Jackson can do to affect change on any political level absolutely at all. And so I mean I've had that thought process quite a bit growing up. And even even to some extent I kind of still have that thought. Pro- I'm like, what am I going to be able to do? Like 
And so do, but is there a, a biblical mandate that we have that we sh- believers have that we should be involved in politics? So I think kind of going back to judges and Kings, a lot of that stuff that was happening, the reasons why they were judged is because of things that individual people were doing in unison, if that makes sense. So it's, mm. it's not just that the group was, you know, when they were falling far away from God, it's that a bunch of people made individual decisions to say, you know, I'm going to go sacrifice to Baal, or I'm going to go do these things. I'm going to go burn my children in the fire, like different, different things. And it just beats it over the head over and over and over again. If you ever read Kings, it's just mm. over and over and over again, people um, not following God. And then downstream of that, um, falling to his judgment. And I think that to a certain extent, like the Bible tells us how to live. And if we're not following the way that, um, that the Bible has laid out for us, we're not going to be as successful. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. I don't think that your, your life is going to go as well if you don't follow the things that God has, uh, created our, us to be. And so, um, I think we should get involved in politics because if we're not trying to affect the way that our culture is going and where, where our uh, political realm is going, um, it's going to, it's going to eat us alive. I, I really think that one of the big, big issues that's really important in that area is, uh, religious freedom. Um, you know, voting for people. If, if we can have an open dialogue about our, our religion, about, you know, Christianity and some people don't like to call it a religion, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm tracking. Uh, uh, if we're not able to have that open conversation, you know, if we're not allowing people to, to have a conversation about Islam as well as Christianity, then we're not allowing God to, to work in their hearts. Mm. And we're, we're, we're coming from on high and dictating what people should do. And I don't think, if if you were forced by a gun to to convert to Christ, is that really a conversion? I don't think so. Yeah. So so I think that, and that's anytime you do something political and you're forcing people to do stuff, you're really pointing a gun at their head and telling them to do things. Mm. Um. So, um, I think we need to encourage religious freedom in order to be able to bring other people into the fold. Well, Ben, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, last question here before we wrap up. How can we in our church and those listening be praying for you and your family? Um, I guess the big thing is uh, I have muscular dystrophy. So strength for that, I, I, that results in muscle weakness and stuff. And so getting around can be kind of tough for me, especially this time of year when it's, when it's really cold out and my muscles kind of don't want to cooperate. So yeah. that would be the big thing is just, um, strength for our family during, during that. I mean, it's a lifelong thing, but, yeah. um, other than that, just, uh, health, I guess. Yeah. So cool. Well, thanks for your time and conversation. Very, very grateful, man. I don't know if we figured it all out, but I, it's got me thinking about things I didn't think about before. So I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the House on Fire podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast activates your home for Jesus. May the light of Christ burn bright through you and yours. Until next time.